The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, offering insights, wisdom, and counsel from the most respected CEOs. Here is the host of the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman, and welcome to the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. Today is my guest is my dear friend, David Goodbye, who is the EVP with Callers International based in the Orlando office. David, thanks for being here with us. Well, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for inviting me. David, um, you know, I've, I've always respected you as just one of the top tenant rep brokers and maybe in the nation. You've dealt with so many great national tenants and you always have such an interesting perspective on what's going in the market today. So can you give us just your thoughts on how is the overall real estate market in today's world? Well, it's a tough one these days. Um, what we're seeing is a perfect storm event of um, high cost of land, uh, lengthy period of time to get permitting, high cost of capital, uh, supply chain issues that are still uh, hurting the market, and construction costs through the roof. And that just creates a perfect storm event that we like to say that it's not the ability to find sites, it's the ability to deliver them in a costly manner where it, it makes, makes sense to be able to do the deal for the tenant. So um, we're, we're issuing, you know, we're, we're in a in very interesting period of time that I've not experienced in my 33 years in this business where there's no lack of uh, demand, but there's a lack of deliverable supply. And the deliverable part is cost related. Uh, we've seen the um, cost of capital uh, double in the last, what, year and a half? And it doesn't seem like it's going to go down anytime soon. So 24 is going to be a very interesting year in our, in our industry. So let me see if I can understand that. So if um, we'll call them NUCO, NUCO tenant comes to you and they're based in LA and they're like, hey, we've, we've got money to expand and we want to do 25 locations in central Florida, 5,000 square feet each and, and refer have drive-throughs. Um, your response is, hey, uh, it's a great market for you. I'm sure you do well. Love to have you we don't know where to put you. We don't have a spot. Is that, is that what you're saying? It's not only that we don't have a spot. We do have a spot, but in, in, it's, it's a tight market. With 3% vacancies in this market, it's, it's a very, very tight market. But we can find spots in, in, we get ahead of the developments that are being planned. But because those developments are so expensive for the developers to develop these days, they're not going through the, the project. The risk-reward model doesn't work for them. And even if you could say uh, you're building a multi-tenant building and um, your costs are $230 a square foot to build where a year and a half ago it was $90 a square foot to build. You still have to get a return. Now you have to get an even higher rate of return yeah. because your cost of capital is in the sevens. And the bridge gap financing, the construction financing portion of it is in double digits now. So how do you pencil in a return uh, and deliver a... Uh, rent that is historically market, it's just not possible. Even if the land were free, it's not possible. So in a $35 market, uh, you're looking at $52 to $55 rents based on construction costs and all the other costs and permitting times and debt service and everything else that goes into uh, the model that uh, developers use to uh, come to those numbers. 
and uh, there's no upside, and there's certainly is a downside if those numbers can't pencil, they can't pencil. And even if they can pencil for the tenant, the risk that you they go out um, and then you can't backfill it at that $35 market rent is very high. Yeah. So the sidelines is where people are sitting right now. That's so interesting, David. I, I have several developments I'm working on where the rental rates are north of 35. And in those situations, the good part about where I'm sitting is we have very low basis in the land. And so we have a little bit of a different scenario. We didn't go out and buy it. We already had it, that kind of thing. Where I'm buying, I'm buying shopping centers. Um, I recently bought a center at 60 bucks a square foot for the center. And, you know, it's an older center. It's got some TLC kind of things, but I can do deals at 10 bucks. That makes sense. Right. And so, you know, I've gone more conservative that way. So the stuff I'm developing is higher end, but the stuff that I'm buying, I'm buying more on that downside, you know, that if, if rent rates go up, I'm doing great. But if I average, you know, some centers I'm buying, I'm like if I average eight bucks or 13 bucks, I'm doing, I'm doing fine. Right. So I'm trying to be conservative in that space. Well, that's great because you have that upside in right. the case of merchant developers who build these things in and try to flip them. Ooh, you stuff. can't, it's tough. You can't yeah. sell because nobody wants to buy something with a downside and no upside. You know, yeah. you, you're buying with an upside. You can create that value there. You can sit on these rents right now when construction costs come down. You can facelift the center and uh, add to your um, uh, to your rents that uh, makes it viable. It's a better looking center. It's it, it looks it's freshened up and more tenants want to be there and will pay the price to be there because it's well located and all those all the things that go into deciding uh, where you want to be as a, as a tenant. And um, aesthetics is important. But uh, for new construction, that doesn't exist today. That's tough. Tell me this. Uh, are there some retails out there that you're willing to name? You're like, man, so-and-so is doing it right. Who's, who's out there doing deals right now? You're like, man, they're, they're doing a good job. Well, I, I do represent a, a, a great deal of, uh, of, of tenants that are out there. And you know the Darden model, I've represented them for many, many years. Darden's the largest uh, sit-down restaurant chain in, in the world. Mm-hmm. They're based here out of Orlando. Uh, their analytics, their ability to do deals, their their whole structure from beginning to, to end is very, very professionally done. They're best of breed, in my opinion. I've seen others that, that do things well. You know, Texas Roadhouse is out there doing deals, and they've created their little niche. Um, I work with Miller's Ale House, and their sales are, are, are really, really top-notch. Their operations are great. Uh, the deal structure is much more difficult to get done because it requires a TI p- uh, component to it. That uh, That's cost of capital for the landlord, and it's expensive. And uh, those those rents don't pencil very well, and for, if for some reason they were to, to leave, you can't backfill at the rents that they were paying, and now you're upside down. But um, of the tenants that I'm working with, I think Darden really has um, established themselves as the market leader in every aspect of the uh, restaurant segment, from design to construction to site selection to operations um, all the way to the end. They've done it top-notch, and it's, it's a very well tuned machine and very well oiled machine and, and working like a Swiss, uh, Swiss watch. You know, uh, it's funny is uh red lobster gets a little bit of grief cause like they, they Sarah live will make jokes about them. And then like, uh, there was actually a guy hosting Sarah live talking about his first job was a red lobster, multiple comedians, no first job, red lobster. And 
even the TV show The Office made a joke about them. Well, Kim Lopdrop, their longtime CEO, is a good friend of ours. And man, he's one of the finest leaders I've ever met. I could do a whole show on like things Ken Lopdrop, Kim Lopdrop has taught me. And so I agree with you. Like you're you're saying that from a real estate perspective, I, I actually love their concepts as a consumer. I think they do a great job in their leadership. And I just want to say this about Miller's. They have very good ice cream. I'm an ice cream guy. Just in case you didn't know that. They, the Captain Jack's. Is, uh, it's very good. It's very it's good. It's a heck of a, you know, I buy it and bring it home and it's gone before I even can. No, uh, no, no. It's, it's a, it's a first class thing. I'm always intrigued by companies, the shadow of the leader. Like, you know, like you think about like uh, Chick-fil-A is a great tenant of your property and then you, their leadership's awesome and the real estate department's office. Publix is the same way, like top to bottom, you know, like you feel that. And then other retailers are not so much. And so when you're saying, we're saying about Darden, I, I, I don't think I've ever met a company that wasn't a 360 um, successful. Um, Dave, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I want to ask you about leadership. Um, I love just getting your perspective because you work with all these great corporations. What was it taught you how to be a leader? So hang right there. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back here at the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. This is John Crossman, and I work with a lot of vendors in the commercial real estate industry. And I got to tell you, One of my favorite ones ever is my friends over at Construction Unlimited, Florida's premier roofing company, and they bridge the craftsmanship with the pinnacle of innovation. They're just one of the best groups because of the trust, the expertise, the quality, and my favorite part, they're really committed to the community. When you're thinking about roofing construction needs, keep Construction Unlimited at the top of your list. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Here's a call to those who want to make an impact on their company, their community, or who possess a desire to make the world a better place. Crossman Career Builders provides the tools and resources for you or your company to make a difference on some of the toughest issues that we all face. Crossman Career Builders partners with CEOs, politicians, and pastors seeking to address problems of racism, mental health, addiction, justice, and suicide. CrossmanCB.com Once again, here's John Crossman. All right, we're back here with David. Goodbye. David, you know, you've had this career. You've worked with all kinds of major corporations and mom and pops too, right? So you've seen high entrepreneurial plus corporate structure. We have a lot of listeners that are college students and young professionals. What is your advice on what are the most important traits that young people need to work on to become successful CEOs and leaders in our industry? You know, I think the first important trait that you'll see out there is the ability to listen. And we come from all different walks of life. And people, a, a, CE, a successful CEO has to juggle a lot of different jobs within his title. Operations, real estate, making sure that, you know, budgets are, 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 are adhered to. There's so many different traits. If you can let your ego subside, to the point where you're listening to the people that you've hired, the professionals that you've hired that are experts in their field, listen to them and then solve problems together. Um, another very important trait, which I think uh, really shows how important an employee is to an organization is empathy. The ability to be empathetic to somebody who's going through challenges in their lives 
the ability to come in there and if it's a, a in the restaurant industry, whether you're washing dishes or you're running the show in a restaurant, treating everybody the same way, we all put our pants on one leg at a time, and having that uh, ability to do that. I'll share a story with you. I was with the CEO of Miller's. We were driving down to um, take a look at a few sites down in Southwest Florida, and we stopped into one of their locations. I won't share which one it is. And uh, he called his head of ops and said, who's working tonight? And on in the car, he looked up who was working, and he memorized every one of them. Wow. And he walked into the store and recognized one of them and said, hey, so-and-so, you've been with the company for so long. I'm so proud of you. It's so good to see you here. Thank you for everything that you do. I'm really, really um, appreciative that you've really been with the company for 20-some-odd years. You know what? And she was just ecstatic that he recognized her and that he thanked her. And he sat there and chatted with her for about 20 minutes. On the clock, just wanted to see how's your family, how are things, what can we do better, how can we help you better, this and that. When it was over, he said, you know what, you've earned a dollar raise. And the woman broke out in tears. Huh. And a dollar raise, it's $40, right, a, a, a week. It, it, it's nothing to the bottom line to these companies. right? But showing that he really, really cared for an employee who's been so loyal, then all of a sudden, you know, he orders a bunch of uh, – uh, dishes for the table and uh, they come out and he's in there chit chatting with everybody and he didn't like the way one appetizer came out. So he calls out the, the chef or the cook and comes in there and says, man, everything's been great. This is awesome. He said, I love the way you do this, but I've been doing it a different way. Let me show you how, how I've done it. And he went into the kitchen and he taught him how to do it properly without saying you're, you know, you're doing this wrong. Think about doing it this way. Maybe we could save a little bit of oil if we cook it this way and that way and so on and so forth and run a batch for us and bring it and see what you think. And he did. He sat down with us. He goes, wow, that's great. I, I'm going to use that from now on. Um, another CEO that I had met, um, he's since passed and a uh, wonderful guy. Um, he went into one of the restaurants, again, disappeared into the kitchen and cooked a meal for the employees because hmm. they all started somewhere. They all started there. It tells you the story of where they are. We started doing dishes. We worked ourselves up to manager. We worked ourselves up in the company, and now we're the president of the company. You can do the same. And But I don't forget where I came from. And the ability to be able to control your ego and say, I remember where I came from is such a great quality in a CEO. Everybody loves these guys because they can relate. And if you can relate to the CEO and he's telling you the story that if I can do it, you can do it, it just drives them. They'll run through the wall for that guy. And that's how you build a successful team and a successful company, in my opinion. Um, you know, I want to go back to your first comment about listen. I think it was the great philosopher Vanilla Ice who once said, <laughs> collaborate and listen. I think that was one of his great contributions to the modern society. But I, I love that. Like, you know, you're saying listen, and but you're also saying like, it's is a CEO, you, you need to create a team, create the team and listen to your advisors. You know, 
I was recently saying to somebody, it took me a long time to figure out, it's like, I don't have to know everything. I've got to have people around me that, that do. And it's like, you know, I always talk about Mike's my boss. He gets mad at me when I say that, but I submit to him, you know, it's like, this is his studio. I'm in his space. And so when Mike says, Hey John, you need to do this like this or this like that, I don't fight with him. I listen to him because he's an expert. Right. And so that's what I hear you saying around that. So trying to have an awareness of the experts around you and then let them pour into you. I think that's great advice. And then man, that, that there, your counselor with empathy, that's just huge. That's huge. I, I, I don't know if you know this. Why would you know this about me? But um, I worked at Pizza Hut, made a lot of dough. Get it? <laughs> um, I made three eighty an hour, three eighty an hour, and and it was tough times back there. But I got like employee of the month at that hut, and I got a pin. I still have it. I'm fifty two years old. I still I can tell you where it is in my house. And I think it was Napoleon that said, "Men will die for the small scrap of a ribbon," and it's the human need for appreciation, the human need to be seen. A friend of mine always says, John Martinez always says, seen people are healthier people, right? They're, they contribute more to society. And I, I love that. Learning those people's names and knowing about them. Man, there's a lot of pastors, a lot of churches that can use that advice of just being able to know people and acknowledge them. It's very powerful. It really is. Uh, you see it every day in society where people just treat people poorly. And just going the extra mile, it's so easy to do. It's so easy to put a smile on somebody's face and say, oh, wow, you look very nice today. Right. Or I haven't seen you in a while. Good to see you. Tell me what's going on in your life. These things, uh, we're all human beings, and our ability to connect with one another starts with conversation. And um, being able to smile, being able to say hello, being able to give somebody a a hug when they need it, um, to listen to their problems and maybe give advice or... um, Say, hey, you know what? Take the day off. Mm-hmm. You, you've, you've earned it. You need it. Go take the day off. Go spend some time with your family. The work, work-life balance, and my wife would bear to differ because I am been known to be a workaholic, but right. the work-life balance is important and, and understanding how, you know, at the end of the day, we work for our families and we provide for our families. And there's leadership in that. Uh, it, it, it doesn't have to come from a CEO's perspective. It can come from the individual's perspective. We all have our goals and we meet our goals. We're, you know, we work hard to get there and we, we meet our goals. We feel good about it. And uh, we are our own CEOs. When my daughters were like four and five and I, we would go to Publix on a Saturday morning, I'd look at them as we walked to the cashier. I said, let's try to get the cashier to laugh, you know? And so I'd walk up and I'd turn, I'm like, I don't know you. Why do you keep following me around the store? You know, or I'd, or I'd say like, I, I'm not buying you a six pack of beer. Quit asking, you know, like, you know, they laugh. And now I see my daughters, they're 18, 20 all the time. I'll see them check out someplace and they'll say to the cashier, Oh, I love your nails. Right. <laughs> and to your point, like, it's like a little human thing and, you know, but seeing people and recognizing people, I, I was at Publix this morning and the cashier had these really, uh, the bagger had these cute, but, but kind of over the top, um, Santa earrings on. And I, this just sort of caught my eye. So that's why I was like, oh, I like your earrings. They were just kind of fun, whatever. But to your point, like that matters, that humanity matters, you know? Well, um, David, thank you so much. Um, I think that's great insight. I appreciate your perspective on the market and I appreciate your humanness and compassion and good counsel for people trying to become leaders. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then Mike and I will be back for our final segment. David, goodbye. Thanks for being on the show. It's my honor. Thank you. I'd like to thank Maynard Cooper and Gale PC for being a sponsor of our program. 
Maynard is a full-service law firm with over 350 attorneys and 14 offices nationally who serve with professional excellence in everything from corporate and business matters to day-to-day legal issues. The office in Central Florida focuses its practice in real estate, corporate transactions and organization, banking and finance, along with trust and estates. To learn more, visit MaynardCooper.com. Crossmock Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. As the largest property tax practice in North America, Ryan's Professionals possess the local footprint and knowledge backed by a team with national expertise to help organizations minimize their property tax liabilities and ensure valuations are fair and accurate. With the Florida tax appeal deadlines approaching rapidly, local experts at Ryan work proactively with many jurisdictions across Florida well in advance of the August trim notice mailing to ensure our clients receive maximum tax savings. Guys, I use Ryan, and I hope you will too. Once again, here's John Crossman. We are back here for the final segment. Mike, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing so fine, man. I really enjoyed that interview. Now, let me tell you a story. Now, you know my dad was a pastor and civil rights leader. And a oh, lot, yeah. A lot of that in the back in the day was a lot of, obviously, black and white issues. As years went by, and we were in South Florida, a lot of it became issues with the Jewish community and, and protecting, fighting against anti-Semitism. And so... My, my dad had this great relationship with the Jewish community up until the day he passed. Well, uh, at some point along the way, my dad got this idea to have a Shalom license plate on his car. And he thought that was the coolest thing. And I'm, I'm sure it isn't sometimes in places, but when you're a middle schooler, it's the most embarrassing thing in the world, right? <laughs> so my sister and I said this thing where we, we broke it on purpose. I'm confessing that to you because we were so embarrassed about did it. Did he ever know you did it? He did not. He never knew we did it. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but then at his funeral, uh, I, I spoke and I told that story. So that happens. And then like a week later, a package shows up in the mail and I open it up. And what is it? It's a Shalom license plate. And if you go in my office right now, you will see it on display, right? Dead center office, the Shalom license plate. Isn't that something? Forever. Yeah. That was a gift from David Goodbye. Oh. Is that amazing? That is a great story. Yeah. yeah. So when you're hearing him talking, right, he's talking about leadership. He's talking about CEOs. He's talking yeah. about great retailers. Like, he practices it. You know, and mm-hmm. my dad passed away in, you know, 2004. Okay. Yeah. So that's not like a week ago that story happened. It's like almost 20 years ago. And we've known each other far before that. So I don't know. It's like we know each other 30 some odd years. Yeah. But that just tells you it's like, like somebody might say, you know, sometimes you look at somebody successful and you're like, how is that person? Why is that? That's that guy. Like that's him, you know, like it's part of who he is. And so he's, he's, he's preaching when he practices, obviously, mm-hmm. but those are those, those qualities. Right. And then when you're talking about like from, he tells that Miller, the Alhouse story. God, yeah, that's a great so story. So good. So good. You know, I think back that kind of thing seems to be much more prevalent when I hear and I remember from when I was young, that kind of mood, that kind of uh, disposition mm-hmm. in a leader was much more frequent than today. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's refreshing. It's so unusual to see when a leader will kind of identify and, and not, uh, not put down people that work for him. I loved his story about the guy that just took the time. To just show a different well, way. Look, I, I told that pizza story. That was 34 years ago. The the Shalom thing was 19 mm-hmm. years ago. I mean, like, 
you know, to your point, like clearly it doesn't happen the much because a handful of times it happens to me. I never forget. Yeah, that's right. So it's like, how do you get in the top 1%? How do you become this top CEO and leader? It's, it's those kinds of things. And yeah. so I, I just love that. And, you know, when he was talking about the business, you know, his comments were, those were pretty highbrow comments, right? Like I was listening, I'm like, gosh, man, if you don't understand real estate, you don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> right. But he's also, he's in the heart of it right there every day. And then he's able to pivot and talk about than the customer service side, like the high technical awareness, high human awareness. Yeah. That's on point. You know, there's a lot to know in this day and age, if you're going to be a CEO in a major Mm -hmm. company, but there's one thing that shouldn't change and it should be as old as time itself. And that is caring for the people that you work with. And again, it's, uh, it's refreshing to see that. Yeah. Well, Mike, as always, thanks for being with me. And, uh, David, goodbye. One of our leaders and best in the industry. So glad to have him on here today. So until next time, this has been the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. This has been the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition with your host, John Crossman. Tune in next week for another talk with an experienced CEO that will help bring clarity to your business endeavors. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.